You're listening to Kyle Warren. Well, the first of the stimulus checks, or at least the direct deposits, should be on their way, and people may already be receiving them. Of course, if you're not registered with your banking information, then you'll likely get a check that will take a little bit longer, of course, but it will still be at the $600 level, not the $2,000 level that was requested by President Trump. But will it pass the Senate? Well, it doesn't look good to have the increase pass in the Senate, but it is kind of crucial that it would pass in the Senate, I think, because I think the Georgia elections hang in the balance. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone, around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you, and great pleasure to be with you as we race into and rocket into this Wednesday edition of the program. So much to tell you about on the show today. It is the day before New Year's Eve, and that means, of course, the new year is right around the corner, and uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a great year for everybody. I know that we continue to have massive challenges, not only with COVID-19, but with what appears to be the incoming Biden administration and what the Biden machine wants to do, folks, is is just going to be devastating to our economy, to our way of life, uh, to our uh, to our ability to really lead around the world and so forth. It I, I think it's just it's it's all encompassing. And uh, because, again, you know, we understand the problems that Joe Biden has, I think, personally, physically. But at the same time, though, it's the wrong headed ideas in so many ways that are going to really be detrimental uh, in terms of what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening vis-a-vis Russia, vis-a-vis China, vis-a-vis our own economy, workers uh, getting back to work, our own economy reopening, the list goes on. But you know what, folks, we are not going to simply get down and depressed about such things we are going to continue uh to bring the fight we're going to continue talking about this we're going to continue in the marketplace of ideas that's where that that's our realm here on the program the marketplace of ideas and uh, i'm glad to be right there with you and thank you once again uh, for being there with me and for listening to uh, to the program today and uh, we have so much more to tell you about but quick let me give you a quick program note I will be a guest, of course, later on this evening on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program with host Captain Matt Bruce, of course, uh, emanating from his flagship station of AM860, The Answer, there in Tampa, Florida, with the program going out along the Salem Media Group of stations, also along the GCN network as well. Everything gets started at 11.05 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Simply go to kylewarrenshow.com for links to listen live uh, to the Captain's flagship station there we hope to see you on the radio and we will have a complete wrap-up of all of the day's political news all of the covid news all of the uh, news as well that you may not be hearing uh, about in different uh, uh, different media outlets but news that you should know and uh, and a lot of times folks there's breaking news on the third watch breaking somewhere in the world or across america 
and the captain and I bring that to you live six nights a week right there on the Captain's America Third Watch Radio program. And once again, thanks for listening to this program. As I said, we have an awful lot to tell you about today. So uh, we're going to tell you about the stimulus checks here first. Then we're going to transition over to what's going on with Mike Pence at the end of the program yesterday. I mentioned that we'll cover that. We sort of ran out of time on that yesterday, but we'll tell you about uh, the uh, what's going on with Vice President Pence and this lawsuit that's being brought against him. Uh, regarding the slates, the different slates of electors that will be presented on January the 6th in the Congress, the joint session where Vice President Pence will preside over the uh, counting, as as it were, or the certification of the electors, um, which presumably will elect Joe Biden as president. Uh, So we'll tell you about what's going on with that. Also, uh, Governor Stacey Abrams, of course, she's not the governor of Georgia, she says that Republicans don't know how to win unless there's voter suppression. So we have a great audio clip uh, from the governor. And we just call her that because, you know, she never conceded the election. But for some reason, for some reason, folks, she gets all kinds of accolades. Well, she, she didn't concede because she thought that there was all this stuff going on with the election but in her case that was fine you know the the media so many in the media not everybody but so many in the media will simply glom on to that and it becomes like a thing and uh, but we'll tell you what she has to say uh but first let's start with oh and by the way another variant evidently of COVID-19 has been found in California. Uh, California continues through its uh, ongoing, extended, and definitely lockdown uh, in uh, major regions of the state, including Southern California, the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, so we'll tell you about that as well on the program. But this first from CBS News, millions of Americans, pardon me, folks, millions of Americans are eagerly awaiting their second stimulus checks of $600 for each eligible adult and child. On uh, the IRS on uh, Tuesday said it had started to distribute the checks via direct deposit that evening, a process that will extend into next week. The tax agency added that it's mailing paper checks on December 30th uh, to people who don't have their bank account info on file with the IRS. But even so, the timeline leaves many people wondering when exactly the check will land in their accounts especially as the IRS's website for checking one's payment status is unavailable, at at the very least at the time of the writing of the story, I would think. The second stimulus check follows a rocky rollout this spring for more than 160 million stimulus payments directed by the Coronavirus Aid, Relief and Recovery and Economic Securities Act, that's the CARES Act, That relief effort, which directed $1,200 for each eligible adult and $500 for each eligible child, encountered a number of problems, such as the delay in payment to people who didn't have their bank account information on file with the IRS, as was the case for some Social Security recipients. The IRS will use the same method to get the money to people as it did on the first round, said Mark Stubber, Chief Tax Information Officer at Jackson Hewitt. Quote, if taxpayers received a direct deposit, then they will again. If they received a mail check or a debit card, then they will again. So in other words, it's going to be the same basic structure. But of course, one wonders why it simply could not have been, at the very least, 
just a bill that said $1,200 and $600 for the $1,200 and $500 basically uh, for $1,200 for the individual, $500 for every eligible child, um, and this go with that. that. That's what I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people across the highways and byways don't understand why this couldn't have simply been a very simple thing. But of course, we know all the complexities of it, right? It's The complexities aren't in the make the direct deposit or print checks and send them in the mail. That's not the complexity of it. The complexity of it is, of course, that this should have happened months and months ago. And at the risk of sounding like a Joe Biden broken record, folks, remember the broken record? And (laughs) Joe Biden does, I guess. Uh, But at the risk of sounding like a Joe Biden broken record, we were railing against this all summer long, all throughout the fall. The Democrats, my friends, were the ones who said, we're not going to do this, basically. Why didn't they want to do it? Of course, they didn't want to give Donald Trump a win. And now they sort of have the gall, including we talked about yesterday in the program, Bernie Sanders. They sort of have the gall to say, hey, you know, this is we got to help people now. You know, we've got to help people now, not next year, but now. And, you know, President Trump is cruel. And this, you know, it it's tragic. And so it's not funny. Ha ha. It is absolutely tragic. And, and one just wonders how on earth can Bernie Sanders and other of these Democrat officials how how can they possibly stand there with a straight face and try to make it look like oh you know the Republicans don't want to help you <laughs> we're trying to get the money to the people that need it and these people needed money not just today they needed it six months ago or more and um, it was a no go it was a no go because they didn't want President Trump to be able to claim anything good it was it's just despicable. Now, should it pass? I think that it should. And when we come back, we've got more to tell you about. We'll tell you about Mike Pence and the Electoral College. We'll also tell you about uh, what's going on in Georgia and how this is so very, very important. You're listening to Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit AmVets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60 watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. (laughs) Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. 
That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is, and thank you so much, Mr. Ron Edwards. We're going to hear from Ron a little bit later on in the program. And folks, thank you so much for listening to the program, for subscribing to the program for sharing the program on your social media, for telling your friends about it, because you know what that means? It means we keep going up and up and up, just like the music is doing right there. And once again, we have you to thank for that. And if you're new here to the program, and if you like what we do, we do ask that you consider sharing the program, liking the program, and of course also subscribing to the program. You can do that simply by going to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com, and there you'll find the big, beautiful subscribe button. Uh, also, if you're listening on different services, uh, they may have a way for you to uh, to uh, uh, to subscribe, basically, to get notified and, and this kind of thing. Uh, so we encourage you to check those out but welcome to everybody listening on apple podcasts on google podcasts spotify Castbox, also podcast republic and also don't forget our podcast home which is kyle warren show dot podbean dot com that's kyle warren show dot podbean dot com and also don't forget you can find me on parlor now simply go to parlor and look for me at kyle warren show and uh, be sure to follow the uh, the program there and uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, again thanks for everybody who's uh, helping uh, to get the word out about the program new listeners all the time and we really really appreciate it um okay so let's 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 continue here. Let's start here before we get to Governor Stacey Abrams. Uh, Let's let's uh, check out what's happening with Mike Pence. This from Newsmax. Uh, uh, Before uh, Vice President Mike Pence was sued by a Republican congressman from Texas. uh, That's Representative Louis Gohmert. Uh, He's a congressman from District 1, by the way, in Texas. Uh, Before he was sued by a Republican congressman from Texas in a Hail Mary attempt to reverse the November election, their lawyers held a private meeting in which they disagreed about how the Electoral College vote is formally accepted. So this is very important. Representative Louis Gohmert, as I mentioned, who claims Pence has the power to hand President Donald Trump a second term by rejecting Democrat electors from swing states, Describe the failed talks in a Tuesday filing in federal court in Tyler, Texas. Gomert is seeking a court order requiring the office of the counsel for the vice president and the U.S. Justice Department to respond to the lawsuit by Wednesday evening. 
The Senate and House meet jointly on January 6th to open and count certificates of electoral votes. The vice president has the constitutional role of presiding over the Senate, which has traditionally included overseeing the formal acceptance of the Electoral College vote. Gohmert's filing Tuesday also asked U.S. District Judge Jeremy Kernodal, a Trump appointee, to expedite the case and rule by January 4th to allow time for a fast appeal. The vice president's office didn't immediately respond to an emailed request for comment. For comment. Now, here's where this is where uh, evidently what what he wants Pence to do. Gohmert argues that Pence should be able to pick competing slates of electors chosen by Republican-led legislatures in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Quote, as a result of the extraordinary events and substantial evidence of election fraud and other illegal conduct uh, before, during, and after the 2020 general election in these states, unquote. Before suing, Gohmert's lawyer outlined his legal arguments in an email to the Office of the Council of the Vice President, and eventually held a meeting by phone with Pence's lawyers, according to the Tuesday filing. Quote, in the teleconference, plaintiff's counsel made a meaningful attempt to resolve the underlying legal issues by agreement, including advising the vice president's counsel that plaintiffs intend to seek immediate injunctive relief in the event the parties did not agree, Gohmert said. Those discussions were not successful in reaching an agreement, and this lawsuit was filed. Gohmert also said that he failed to convince Pence's lawyers to expedite the lawsuit by allowing the congressman to formally deliver the lawsuit by email once it was filed in court. The complaint is the latest in a series of grievance-fueled lawsuits attempting to undo the November 3rd presidential contest, in which Biden beat Trump by more than 7 million votes, based on unsubstantiated claims of rampant voter fraud committed by Democrats. Almost all the suits have been thrown out due uh, to the court not having appropriate standing uh, or to rule or judging the evidence insufficient. This has occurred even though many of the judges were appointed by Trump. So again, this is one of those things where, you know, there are so many levels on this. Now, you and I and most other people across the highways and byways of the land, we can see the video evidence We've seen the affidavits. We've heard the eyewitness testimony in some of these different hearings with the state legislature representatives. Um, And a lot of that is very compelling. Now, typically, if you have evidence, if you have eyewitnesses, if you have, um, you know, just this this stuff that that is uh, obviously something is happening. A lot of times courts will will hear a case or in some in in the cases where they, they figure out is is this enough to go to trial and so they bind something over for trial or they move ahead with a trial date this kind of thing but that's what happens in most cases right but this case is so off the charts this case is so special that unfortunately we have uh, judges both at the federal level, state, federal, and also the Supreme Court level, they just will not touch this case. They just will not do it. I don't think that they're not doing it because there is simply nothing there. That there's simply no evidence to be reviewed. 
that there's simply nothing that even begins to to rise to the level that there was fraud, there was um, uh, deliberate acts like, I don't know, kicking out the poll watchers, uh, putting up the cardboard, uh, I don't know, delivering uh, ballots on the trucks, uh, trucking the ballots across state lines, according to the one truck driver who came forward. What does he, what does he have to gain by this other than all kinds of vilification, right? What does he have to gain by this, uh, except perhaps really just to have his life ruined? You know, and again, you know, this is this is stuff that if this was any other thing and bet your bottom dollar, if this was Joe Biden saying, you know what Trump did? He trucked these ballots across state lines uh, in the middle of the night. They brought in truckloads of ballots. Uh, they kicked our Democrat poll watchers out. Uh, they put up cardboard. Uh, they were running these things through the machine several times. Um, these ballots that uh, we have eyewitness testimonies said these look like Xerox copies, basically. Uh, and the list would go on and on. Do you know what the difference would be? The difference, of course, would be that the American media would would it would be a constant drumbeat. The story would be Trump fakes election results to to hold on to power illegally. Okay, that's exactly what they would be saying. They would be saying things like, and now President, uh, elect, you know, Biden's really the president elect and he's setting up this government and there's going to be the military's going to go get Trump and all that. And they would continue to play out all this, all this nonsense. And they and there would be a critical mass generated in the media that would cause this whole thing in other words if there was no hearing if there was if courts would not look at this it would be touted as the most anti-democracy anti-american major uh coup in the history of the world and it would just go on and on and of course i'm just sort of laying it on pretty thick but that's what they would be doing so this whole thing is a real study and the absolute power it would seem of the mass media to either generate to generate a, 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 a desired response or suppress a particular response and this is where it gets really scary folks because we're seeing it right before our very eyes most people in this country are supposed to enjoy the idea of due process that if you have a grievance and you go to court that you get your day in court. But what are we what are we being told to, to think? What are, how are we being told to react? We're being told to react that, oh no, well, Joe Biden won this. There's just all everything's unsubstantiated. And of course, the notion of unsubstantiated means it's not being heard by a court. A court hasn't ruled that this evidence you know, or it essentially that this is, uh, you know, we haven't had the, we haven't seen the day in court. Um, so, but again, now the popular, the popular phraseology is unsubstantiated. Uh, there was no fraud uh, and on and on it goes. And that's exactly how they want everyone to, to, uh, to react to this. Now it's kind of like with Kavanaugh. Remember, uh, he didn't get his due process, or at least they were trying to deny it to him. But most people would get due process if accusations are made and this kind of thing. But no, that was a different story. All that goes out the window because he was a Trump appointee, don't you see? 
this is one of the most scary things. And and now there are some reporters, and there are a lot of you know they're good intrepid reporters uh, out there. But in terms of the mass media, the you know there are no reporters who are going to break with what their bosses evidently tell them, and they're not going to be the ones to say, look, maybe there's something here. That's what You're we're dealing with. To Kyle Warren. Hi, folks, this is Kyle Warren. A short timeout, then back with more, so stay right there. Hi, folks, this is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on The Kyle Warren Show. The recently passed Congressional $930 Pandemic Relief Package is both an insult to common sense and potentially harmful to those it's supposed to help. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from The Edwards Notebook. The 5,593-page legislation of both 300-per-week supplemental jobless benefit and a 600-direct stimulus payment to most Americans. <laughs> While no one will deny that a few hundred bucks will help out a little bit in these days of the Corona China virus government restrictions against economic activity, which caused the economic doldrums in the first place, certain leftists have said from the beginning of this scandemic madness that we should follow the science. Well, guess what? Scientifically and morally speaking, shutting down or severely restricting small businesses, churches and synagogues while allowing strip clubs and large bland businesses like Costco's and Walmart to operate does nothing to stop the Corona China virus. But it does help destroy our quality of life and property values so that China and others can buy up our nation's real estate at fire sale prices as part of the mission to fundamentally transform our republic. Mm, mm, mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out my new YouTube channel. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Listening to Kyle Warren. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as uh, we continue racing through and rocketing through this Wednesday edition of the program. And, of course, uh, don't forget, I'll be a guest on the Captain's America Third Watch later on this evening. Simply go to KyleWarrenShow.com for links to listen live to AM860, The Answer. All right, so, again, so much more to tell you about as we uh, continue through the uh, program today. And and on tomorrow's program, of course, well, it'll be the New Year's Eve edition and uh, we'll have some a uh, little bit of reflection or a year in review kind of thing. Um, I don't know anybody who really wants to review 2020, uh, but uh, but again, you get the idea. Uh, but I think I think that we got to look forward, folks. I really do. Um, some a lot of this stuff is just um, it, it. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, we're watching the evidence. We've seen the evidence. Uh, and just getting back with um, to uh, Vice President Pence, I don't think that he's going to. Um, I don't think he's going to set aside uh, the electors from uh, from uh, you know Michigan and Arizona and others. I don't think he's going to set those aside in favor of a of a separate alternative slate of electors, because again, I've talked about this with the captain as well. I mean, and it, and I hate to have to say this, but it looks like folks, you've got judges. You've got state legislators. Um, you, you've got all these different political people 
and judicial people um, who are, I think, very, very concerned that that going over this evidence that could possibly overturn the results of election night and or, quote unquote, maybe and a lot of people think a better phrase is fix the election fraud problem or compensate for the election fraud that we see. They are afraid that there would be, as you've never seen before, violence in the streets, um, cities literally being burned down, um, things that would just go over the board, overboard chaos. And of course, you know, you know, people aren't afraid somehow that all the conservatives and the Republicans are going to pour on the streets and burn the cities down. No, it would be, um, um, unfortunately, an amplification of what we saw perhaps during the summertime in so many American cities. And I do think that this is an overriding concern. Now, I'm not justifying it. And please don't think that I'm not justifying it at all. But what I'm saying is I think that this is on the radar in perhaps in ways that has never been before. Um, and of course, it begs the question now, at what point are we in our country when we are going to um, look the other way in terms of really ferreting out the whatever happened in these different cities uh, uh, in terms of voter fraud and so forth? because we don't want to have a violent upheaval so that begs the question is this is the thuggery going to determine our future that's a very very sad commentary and i'll say this as well now you know in the senate they're looking to try to tie the passage of the increase to two thousand dollars per individual they're looking to tie that to the notion that there are going to be investigations into voter fraud. Democrats don't want that. But why don't the Democrats want that? Why isn't Chuck Schumer, at the behest of his new boss, Joe Biden, up there saying, and Joe Biden himself, hey, you want to investigate it? Investigate it. Hey, we, you know, we investigated the, the, um, uh, you know, the fake Trump dossier thing for years. Spent millions and millions of dollars. Had a special counsel. Turned out to be a hoax, as we knew that it was. But here's the thing. Why aren't they the ones saying, you want to investigate it? Investigate it. And here, we'll vote for this so we can get the $2,000 because that'll make us look like heroes and make you guys look like a bunch of sore losers and so on and so on. That's what's missing in our nation today is that you have the leadership um, and the Democrat officials basically saying, you know, hey, hey, there was no there was no fraud and Joe Biden got 80 million votes and yada, 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 all that stuff. And just believe it. If you don't believe it, then you're a crackpot. You're a conspiracy theorist. Well, what about all the people that have the, the said the evidence and they have the their observations? We have video and things like this. Uh, we can actually count the numbers in Pennsylvania to know that there were like, what, more votes than people or this kind of stuff. And it goes on from there. But nope, that's nothing to see here. So why aren't the Democrats, starting with the new their new boss, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Schumer, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, right? Maybe he could emerge out of whatever dark hole he's climbed into and, and say, yeah, go ahead and investigate it. Because we all know it's Russia. 
but we got no other fraud going on. You know, it begs the question, why don't they want you to or anybody to really take a look at this? Because you know what would happen? Let's just say just for fun, just for the sake of argument, let's say that there was nothing wrong okay that and and that and that joe biden really got a million votes and he really got all those electoral college votes and and everything was just all everything's fine that would that would in and of itself create the notion that anybody peddling any other kind of thought or um or theory would immediately be seen as a crackpot they would immediately be seen as purely partisan they would immediately be seen as a sore loser as it were that would help to unite the rest of the country people even 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 people who voted for donald trump would grudgingly then say well we've we've been all through this we've we've seen it all now and well if that's the result that's the result and then you know what they do they're going to go back to their job if they have a job right after all this stuff with COVID. I'm not trying to be funny. But they would do this. Um, and it would and it would take the cloud away from the, the, Joe, the Joe Biden machine. Okay? But of course they're not going to do that. And that's why I set it up the way I set it up. That's why I'm trying to, to show this is not going to be something that they want to actually be resolved. They could a President Biden could resolve this for the good of the country. But don't hold your breath. He's not going to do it. This plays into everything that they want to play into anyway. I think it, it's the same with the covid uh, uh, response and so forth. Um, you know, it's going to be the dark days. It's going to be the long, dark winter and all this. It's got to be portrayed like that, I would suppose, because they think that they continue to gain political points or that Joe Biden will be seen as the as the robust, brave leader taking us through covid. You know, it's it's all it's all just a thing to this, all like a game to them or something. It's really sad. But. You know, that's but again, I don't think Pence is going to um, uh, up in the apple cart in that sense. I, I just don't think he's going to do that. Well, speaking of upending the apple cart, uh, Stacey Abrams has said that the Republicans don't know how to win unless there's voter suppression. Kid you not. Uh, let's see. <laughs> she, <laughs> she said this on CNN. Let's listen in. I want to ask you a big picture question here because, you know, the president still denies the, the outcome of this election and Republicans uh, around the country drawing on that to already begin writing up voting restrictions, right, to, 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 to bring back some of the voter expansion measures we saw in, in this cycle, including mail-in ballots, etc. Um, do you see that effort ticking up again? after this cycle in state legislatures around the country where, where, frankly, Republicans have an enormous advantage? And if so, what are you going to do about it? We're going to do what we've been doing, which is we are going to work to mitigate voter suppression. You are absolutely right that when voter suppression was put on its heels in the 2020 election through the work of Fair Fight 2020 and other organizations around the country, we saw voters turn out in record numbers and in record composition in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, here in Georgia. When we create access to the right to vote for eligible citizens, more people participate. And Republicans do not know how to win without voter suppression as one of their tools. 
there you have Governor Stacey Abrams, who also denies the results, right? And uh, <laughs> she didn't win. But remember, she didn't win, I guess, because I, I would suppose because of voter suppression. Well, no, I wouldn't say the Republicans don't know how to win without voter suppression. I think it's more like this. I think the Democrats realized they weren't going to win without a massive amount of fraud. And uh, again, we see it all around. And uh, the idea that, well, maybe, you know, if we're going to check the absentee ballot signatures, oh, that's voter suppression. I guess if you want to make sure that somebody isn't voting for someone who's deceased, that might be voter suppression. Or you might want to make sure that somebody actually lives in the state where they're voting or is eligible really to vote uh, in that state. Well, I guess that's voter suppression. But again, you see how it, this is all, it's, it's all phraseology. It's all designed to do nothing, but make sure that if you speak out against it, well, you're anti-democracy. Well, they're not the you're ones following it. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug-in to e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plugin. In sports, five games were featured in hockey action last week. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to kylewarrenshow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show. I'm Ron Edwards. 
host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. Yes, you are, and welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back, and thank you once again, Mr. Ron Edwards. And we have so much more to tell you about as we continue to race through and rocket through this Wednesday edition of the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the program if you are so inclined. And once again, welcome to everybody listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, also Podcast Republic as well. Really do appreciate you being here and uh, glad to uh, be with you. Don't forget, if you go to KyleWarrenShow.com, you can find me on Facebook. You can also uh, find me on Twitter and you can also find me on Parlor. We have uh, uh, links uh, there for all of those uh, social media platforms and uh, starting to get a good start there on Parlor as well. And so if you haven't signed up for Parlor yet, uh, please do and come find me at Kyle Warren show um okay so let's see here um yeah you talked about the stimulus checks and now we've got this this from usa today uh from my state of california california has reported its first case of a more contagious covid19 variant first identified in the united kingdom the second confirmed case in the u.s governor gavin newsom speaking in an online conversation with dr anthony fauci said uh, are the nation's the nation's leading infectious disease expert said uh, the case was confirmed in southern california wednesday afternoon colorado reported the first known case of the variant in the u.s on tuesday and was investigating a second possible case wednesday fauci said he was not surprised by the finding in california quote we will likely be seeing reports of from more states fauci said that's something that's expected he said um so uh, scientists in the united kingdom said the variant strain known as b117 or b.1.7 is more contagious than previously identified strains but not more severe so that's pretty interesting um one would think it would be more contagious and more severe i'm glad it's not more severe obviously but um it's a to me that's a very strange sort of development According to models, it has an increased transmission rate of 70% compared with other variants in the UK. The strain was first spotted in September in southeastern England uh, and accounted for a quarter of cases in London by November. By the week of December 9th, it was responsible for 60% of cases in the city. As Britain cheered the emergency authorization Wednesday of a coronavirus vaccine produced by Oxford University and AstraZeneca, The government extended its highest tier of restrictions to three quarters of England's population beyond London and the southeast to large swaths of central, northern and southwest England. Our strategy throughout has been to suppress the virus until a vaccine can make us safe. Suppressing the virus has got a whole lot harder because of the new variant and we must must uh, take action, more action today, Health Secretary Mar- Matt Hancock said in a speech to the House of Commons on Wednesday. Unfortunately, this new variant is now spreading across most of England and cases are doubling fast. The strain has been identified in France, 
Italy, Germany, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Canada, Australia, Japan, Singapore, India, Lebanon, and the United Arab Emirates. The Colorado lab identified the variant through analysis of testing samples, initially spotting a telltale sign of the variant in a PCR test. Scientists then sequenced the viral genome and found eight mutations specific to the spike protein gene associated with this variant, according to the governor's office. The CDC said last week that the strain could already be in the country without detection. As of December 22nd, viruses had only been sequenced from about 51,000 of 17 million U.S. cases, the agency said. So again, um, if now we're going to uh, perhaps start seeing more in the United States, this is the second confirmed case. Um, and a lot of these other countries, by the way, have already cut off their um, travel, I think, with the UK. And the UK is going to continue to have much more severe lockdowns. One can only imagine what could be in the offing, especially in California, and the governor's proclivity to issue massive lockdowns. Right now, it's the so-called non-essential businesses, restaurants, hair salons, and so forth. Um, but people still out there in the big box stores. And, you know, when I have to go and purchase something, you know, I, I do try to keep my distance, but I do notice that a lot of people just don't. Uh, that's uh, and, I, and that is kind of concerning to me. Um, because people will seem to congregate, uh, you know, and a lot of people will, will, you know, everybody gives everybody kind of a wide berth, that kind of thing, because you're out in the, the big world and you're in the, this big box hardware store or something. And, um, you know, everybody tries to give some distance, but I, I'm, I am, I am noticing a lot more that a lot of people are not doing that. And if you're looking at an item, then they'll come up right next to you and sort of stand there and all this kind of thing. So it's it's something that obviously, you know, uh, we all have to be very, uh, very careful about uh, if we're going to continue, I guess, to be allowed to go to the big box store until they don't allow that, I guess. Um, all right. So we're going to follow that. We're going to continue to track that, of course. Uh, it is very, very concerning. There's no doubt about it. But I saw this earlier today. And as we begin to head towards the end of the new year and tomorrow's program, of course, we're going to be talking about the new year with other breaking news for tomorrow as well. Latest on the stimulus, etc. Uh, but I did see this. This article caught my eye and I thought this this is pretty interesting because it's about director Richard Donner, who's directed some of the your, probably some of your most favorite movies of all time, I'm sure. But this from IndieWire. At 90 years old, Richard Donner is gearing up to direct the fifth movie in the Lethal Weapon franchise. So that in and of, in and of itself is amazing, you know. And by the way, Lethal Weapon, one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made, right? Right behind Die Hard, I think. Uh, I think it's a Christmas movie. I do. Uh, but uh, it's both my privilege and my duty to put it to bed. It's exciting, actually. The director recently told The Telegraph for a career-spanning profile. I didn't realize he was 90 years old. Wow. A uh, career-spanning profile in which he looks ahead to his next film and reflects on his magnum opus, 1978's Superman. The Warner Brothers release popularized the Hollywood comic book film and set a standard for superheroes on film that inspired the likes of Christopher Nolan, Patty Jenkins, and more. And you know, folks, I remember back in 78, 
when Superman came out, I remember the poster, seeing the poster at the theater, you know, and I think the log line for Superman on the poster was, you will believe a man can fly. And and so they were using state-of-the-art special effects and so forth with the incomparable Christopher Reeve. Uh, and uh, Christopher Reeve just became Superman. Uh, Christopher Reeve played Superman, I think, in that iconic way, Superman always uh, uh, positive, uh, Superman always uh, looking for the best, uh, super, you know, he was, he was Superman, and, and I think he personified that in the character. Um, here's the, back to the article, when asked about today's onslaught of comic book movies, Donner said it's staggering to see the film genre he helped introduce to the masses become the dominant form of theatrical entertainment. When you see it done right, by my standards, it's so fulfilling, Donner said. I'm happy and proud when I see them. When it's done wrong, it's such a disappointment. Donner said he's a fan of the comic book films like Jenkins' 2017 Wonder Woman, which he said had the same feeling of emotion as his 1978 Superman. Donner's film was defined by its idealism and optimistic heroism, a far cry from the brooding nature and gritty atmosphere that came to define superhero movies in the wake of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy and DC movies directed by Zack Snyder. There are so many people that make superheroes so cynical. It's depressing, Donner said. Um, when they, by, by the way, Zack Snyder, he's going to come out with the what they call the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And it's my understanding it'll be on HBO Max. Now, I'm waiting for that one because I'm hoping it will just be a real redemption of what Justice League was or was not, as they say. Uh, now that Zack Snyder, I think, will has come back, he had to leave. There was a terrible personal tragedy uh, there. And uh, so uh, the film was finished by another person. Uh, but now he's back. And so I'm interested to see the Snyder cut. Uh, but Donner says there's so many people that make superheroes so cynical, it's depressing. When they're dark and bleak and angry with themselves and the world, I don't find it entertaining. I think there's enough reality going on for all that. We just got over four years of that. I think we crave the opposite. Um, he's right. I, I think uh, in many, so many cases, especially Christopher Reeve Superman, as presented by Richard Donner, that's the kind of thing that, again, it's like, Superman's never going to uh, knuckle under. He's he's going to find a way, that kind of stuff. And um, I think people are looking for some positivity these days, especially heading into the new year. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. We will see you on the radio tonight and right back here tomorrow. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there.